Welcome to Become a Calm Mama. I am Darlene Childress. I am a life and parenting coach, and I'm the host of this podcast. And today, I am going to talk to you about this phrase that I use often in my coaching, and it is this, it's almost like an emotion, really, and it's the phrase, fix it, change it, stop it, solve it. And when I talk about this phrase, it what I'm trying to capture is that feeling we have as parents when our kids are behaving in a certain way that is overwhelming us or making us feel really angry or like concerning. And we get this feeling like our brain kind of goes into this overreactive, fix it, change it, stop it, solve it. It is this emotional and physical experience of trying to get our kids to stop doing whatever they're doing, right? Stop crying, stop complaining, stop uh, hitting, uh, stop being difficult, you know, stop ignoring us. When we have these behaviors that our kids are doing, it feels overwhelming and we just want to change that behavior, right? And one of the things that I see one of the places that I see fix it, change it, stop it, solve it come up is when our kids are having a big feeling cycle, like that's what I call a temper tantrum, or they're very sad. Like I've had this before where my kids are upset about something and they're crying about it or they're complaining about it or they're monologuing about it. And it, it just kind of goes on and on. And really what they're doing is they're, they're expressing their feelings, right? They're feeling sad. They're feeling mad. They're feeling scared. And the way that they're handling themselves is overwhelming to me. And I want, I get that feeling of fix it, change it, stop it, solve it. And so what that looks like when we get into that place is sort of going into this shutdown mode. Like we want to shut down that off-track behavior. And in the process, we are shutting down the feelings that are driving that behavior. Because remember, one of the things that I teach the most on this podcast is that all behavior is driven by emotions and unmet emotional needs. And so when our kids are behaving in a way that feels off-track, it is because they have a lot of emotion and they're trying to figure out what to do with it. We have this too as, as adults, right? We have times where we're really angry at something that's going on in our neighborhood or with the PTA or at work or with our partner or, you know, somebody sends us an email and it shuts us down or we get, you know, we just get stuck, right? We get afraid and we have big feelings and we don't know what to do with them. So it's, really difficult when our kids have big feelings and we don't know how to help them. We don't know how to, to fix it, change it, stop it, solve it. That's what we want, right? So you're not coming from this energy um, as a mean mom. You're really trying to help your kids and help yourself. The problem, when, and I, I'm going to go into explaining what fix it, change it, stop it, solve it looks like. The problem is that 
when we do these behaviors as a parent, when we show up this way, we're missing an opportunity to connect with our kids and to help them connect with themselves and learn how to process their own negative emotion. When we shut down their feelings and we try to bypass their negative emotion through just, you know, variety of um, strategies, then we are essentially shutting down an opportunity. You know, parents are always like, it's a learning opportunity. And yeah, sure, some things are learning opportunities, but really the emotions that come with the learning opportunity, like if I forget my glove at home and I go to baseball practice and I don't have a glove and I have some big feelings about it, how I how that learning opportunity happens is when I'm really allowed to move through all of my feelings about not having my glove at practice. And, you know, if I'm, if I'm a kid, so the opportunity is not just the experience. It's also how you help your kids with the feelings that come with the experience. Now, of course, when your kid is upset about forgetting their baseball glove or whatever. And they're like, it's your fault. You didn't remind me or my coach is going to be so mad at me. I'm so scared. Or they're like, I'm not going, I'm not getting out of the car. Or You need to go back and get it. Right. They have their emotion and then they have their strategy that they're using to deal with their emotion. And a lot of times as parents, we get com- like uh, it gets complicated for us because we, co- we don't like the way they're processing their emotion, but we technically are okay with their feelings, but not always. Sometimes we are judging it. We are like looking at their behavior and the circumstance. It's easy to think this intensity of reaction does not, is not warranted based on this circumstance. And that's when we start to get into fix it, change it, stop it, solve it. So here are a few things that I see parents doing when they don't like the way their children are expressing their emotion, or they don't like the emotion itself, or they don't think their emotion is justified. So the first one is minimize. This is such like a sneaky one because on some level we are trying to get our kids to like calm down and they're like my coach is gonna be so upset or you know the team is relying on me and I don't have my baseball mitt or my softball mitt and we want to say oh honey it's not that big of a deal it'll work out you, it's just one practice. Don't worry about it. That sounds nice, right? That sounds like a nice thing to say. But the way that the child experiences it or the other person is like, you don't get it. You don't understand. This is a big deal for me. When we say it's not a big deal in relationship to how they're behaving, that is very un, unvalidating. <laughs> I was going to say disvalidating. Um, but it is the feeling of like, no one gets it. They don't, my mom doesn't understand me. So we want to be able to acknowledge the intensity instead of minimizing it. Like, wow, this is a big deal to you. This, yes, you are worried. You really love making sure the coach, you know, thinks you're responsible. 
we want to be able to validate that emotion and that self-concept that's being challenged in the moment. We want to be able to say, yeah, yeah, okay, I get it, instead of minimizing. Now, the other thing we do is compare. (laughs) So this is a strategy we also do in the interest of being loving and kind. And we'll say, um, oh, you know what? Kids forget their uh, baseball mitts all the time. Or, oh, this happened. You know, you don't need to make such a big deal of it because other kids do this too. Or if they are, you know, acting, you know, so like upset about something that you don't think is warranted, you might say something negative like, other kids don't complain about this. Or, you know what, your brother, this wasn't a big deal to him. Or your sister doesn't seem to have a problem with it. So we're trying to get them to think and feel differently. We're intentionally using comparison to help them see that like their feelings aren't warranted. Their thoughts aren't justified. And that is a shutdown. So minimizing is a shutdown. uh, Comparing is a shutdown. Another strategy, and I've heard this from parenting experts, they say, just ignore it. Just ignore it. Let it, they'll get over it. Okay. On some level, I agree that if you cannot show up in a compassionate way, and if you're really overwhelmed, then you might need to be neutral. You might need to go take care of yourself in this moment. But ignoring with the purpose of shutting your kid down is going to uh, make your child feel unheard, unfelt, unseen, unvaluable. So it's okay to say, you know, this is a lot and I'm going to take a break and I'm going to go take care of myself and then I'll come back and help you. Or I'm open to listening as long as you're not um, name calling me, right? I want to help you with these big feelings, but uh, I need a minute. You can set a boundary. You can set a limit with your kids. But ignoring because you're trying to get your kid to change their emotional feeling, that that's it's very unhealthy because they are only going to be like, oh, I, my mom only wants to talk to me when I'm happy. And that is difficult because then where does your child learn how to deal with big feelings? They don't. So we have minimizing, we have comparing, we have ignoring. This one's going to sound weird, but I've talked about this on the podcast before, um, is weaponizing gratitude. So using gratitude as a way to bypass negative emotion. And this is when we try to silver lining it. You know, we try to find something that is positive, like, uh, oh, well, at at least you're going to have ice cream after the practice. Or um, at least this practice is short. Or um, listen, it you you know you're lucky to play baseball at all. A lot of kids don't even get to play baseball. I mean, you get to be outside. It's a beautiful day. <laughs> so there's this moment in when when you're with your kid that you're trying to get them to see the other side to like get perspective. And so you use gratitude to help them bypass the negative emotion. I love gratitude. I think it's an incredible 
emotion and experience to move us through, but you cannot get rid of one feeling. You can't get rid of sadness by uh, thinking grateful thoughts. We have to feel the sadness, acknowledge it, and then allow the brain to find another perspective. The brain loves to feel better. It does. It wants to give you those new thoughts, but it gets stuck in negative emotion if we don't allow it to pass through. So we have so far, we have minimize, compare, ignore, and gratitude. And then indulge is one that I see quite often where our kid is upset by something, they're disappointed, they're sad, and you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Okay, listen, I promise that you go to this practice and then afterwards we'll go get ice cream. Or, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Listen, you don't have to go. You don't have to go to the practice. It's okay. It's my fault. (laughs) And This is a strategy where we're trying to change the circumstance so that our kid feels better. Instead of letting them feel upset that they can't have a lollipop or that, you know, they forgot something or that their friend called them a mean name, we're trying to get rid of that feeling by giving them another feeling like, ooh, here's something to look forward to. Here's a promise. Here's, um, you know, something that's going to be good tomorrow. Now, it's not bad. It just, I want you to see that underneath it, if your purpose is to get them out of the feeling, if you're trying to do that, fix it, change it, stop it, solve it, if you're trying to get rid of the feeling so that your kid can act better, it will backfire on you. So the last two ways that I see parents showing up when they're in this fix it, change it, stop it, solve it mode. One is, I call it momologuing. It's where you go to logic to explain things like, well, listen, I told you that your glove was right here. And then you went to the bathroom and you were like, I don't need my glove. He told me we don't need gloves. And and you start to like try to logic them out of their feelings or explain that it's their fault or you're trying to give them some facts. And When you go to logic, like, well, this isn't really um, something to be that upset about because the truth is that, you know, facts. When you are doing that, your brain is like, oh, if they know that the coach isn't going to be mad, if they know that this is their fault, if they know that, if they know blank, then they won't be so upset right? That's, we're thinking if we can get the the information to this sad, angry person, they won't be upset. And that is just not the way it works. Logic and facts don't solve feelings. We cannot think our way to new feelings. We have to feel our way through our feelings towards a new feeling. And the last thing I see a lot in you might be like, oh my God, I do all of these, which is totally fine. I know <laughs> I know about all these strategies because I've done them with the best of intentions, either to protect myself or to protect my kids or to get it to stop or whatever. And as your coach, I just know that, that they're not effective. And so we don't need to be guilty or like feel bad or, you know, oh my God, I'm such a bad mom. No, we're just looking and go like, Oh, I'm doing the minimize thing. Oh, I'm doing the gratitude thing. I'm trying to bypass this negative emotion. 
So the last one is really when you get bigger. I think of it as like a, a shutdown. Like when you your emotion gets bigger or more more intense that you either are more angry, more scary, more sad than that your child. And so this big reaction to their big feelings, it's meant to like get your kid to, you know, shift. It it, it is effective actually. If you trigger if you trigger fear or you trigger freeze or faint or people pleasing, then your kid will change emotion. Like it's not, it, I'm not saying this isn't effective. It is. It's just effective to helping your child become an emotionally healthy and self-regulated person. So it's short term. Yeah. If you kind of yell at them, that's enough. You cut it out. This is not okay. You get out of this car and you get in there right now or else. Right. When you come from that big leadership energy, it's not like it's like negative leadership, but it's still strength and and it it's scary. Your kid, some of your kids will shut down their negative emotion or go into fear and then they'll have to comply and, and okay, fine. And they go and they, you know, they look sad, they look dejected, they walk on that field and they're holding some shame and they're uncomfortable. And I always think, how can I deliver the most emotionally regulated person possible to the next thing, whether that's daycare or a preschool or me leaving with a, you know, leaving my kids with a babysitter or sending them to school or practice or, you know, dance recital, whatever it is that they're going to go into the next thing or a bedtime or whatever, how can I deliver the most emotionally regulated person? And when they are dysregulated, what your child actually needs from you is co-regulation. They need help soothing their big feelings. They need somebody to recognize and acknowledge that their feelings are valid. And I'm telling you, mamas, you're going to think that their feelings aren't valid. You're going to think they're being ridiculous. I want you to recognize that maybe the behavior isn't valid. The behavior isn't is ridiculous. The behavior is out of bounds. But the emotion itself is just an emotion. It's just sadness. It's just disappointment. It's just worry. And feelings aren't, they don't need to be justified. We can just have the feelings. They just show up. I have feelings sometimes that I don't even know why I have them. I can't even figure it out. And it doesn't really matter why, because I, I only need to move through that negative emotion. So how do we do that with our kids, right? What is that process? I call it the connection tool and I teach it in the Emotionally Healthy Kids class. And the idea is simple. It's just narrating what you see on the outside, what they're doing or saying, and connecting it to what might be going on on the inside. That's why it's called a connection tool. I'm connecting what I see on the outside and I'm connecting it to what the feeling might be on the inside. 
And then I'm offering some strategies to help them deal with that feeling. So when you are in fix it, change it, stop it, solve it, your brain is not willing in that when you're in that dysregulated space for yourself, when you're like, oh my God, this is not okay enough, right? You are not going to be validating emotion, right? You're going to be trying to change behavior and you're going to do all these different strategies to try to get them to change their way they're behaving. And your brain is going to be like, it's not, it's subconscious, but it's true. You're trying to create a different emotion so that they show up differently. Trying to shut down that emotion, give them another one so that they can move on. It's just not how emotions work, unfortunately. I wish, I wish it was the case that I could just tell myself, Darlene, stop feeling worried. (laughs) You know, stop feeling annoyed and then minimize it and indulge it and, you know, gratitude my way. I can't, I have to just feel annoyed. So what are some things that you can offer to your kids of what to do with their big feelings? I have five that I'm going to give to you today. We talk a lot about this in the Raising Emotionally Healthy Kids class because, you know, each of you come with different experiences and, you know, it's hard when you're not the coach to see, oh, but what do I do in this circumstance? What do I do with this? You know, what do I do when they act like this? So it's really helpful to be in the class because you can ask me. It's, you know, it's a small group. It's live. We're talking. We're talking to each other. But for those of you listening on the podcast or those of you who've already taken the class and you want a refresher, just remember that the most effective thing to do with a feeling is name it. We need like Dan Siegel, who's one of my, you know, parent coaching gurus. He says, name it to tame it. And I mean, we don't need to tame our feelings. It rhymes and so that's why he likes it. We're not trying to tame anything, but we are trying to figure out how to manage it, right? And so if if you, as the parent, name that emotion and you give a word to that complicated, big, messy feeling inside, your kid will be able to say, ah, yes, yes, I'm, I'm worried. Good, yeah, okay makes sense that you might feel worried. Of course you feel worried. We're going to validate the emotion. So your job is to help them name it. That's a big part of emotional literacy. It's know what you're feeling, know how to talk about it, know what to do with it. So how do you figure out what you're feeling? You have someone help you name that. So other things you can do when you have big feelings is talk about it, right? And that's what most of you don't want. You don't want to be your kid's compassionate witness all the time. I get it. So other things to do with feelings. One is move it. Move your body. It moves emotion through. Energy and motion. Emotion. Energy and motion. So when we do rhythm and we move our body, it regulates it. It brings our brain back to balance and the intensity of that emotion lessens. So you can offer to your child like, hey, why don't we jump up and down five times? Why don't, you know what? I used to do this with my kids where, and they would put, I would put my hands out like a tabletop and then they would put their hands on my hands and then um, we would just pop, 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 pop. We just hit our hands together. Um, I would do stomping exercises, like not exercises, but like we would, I'd be like, you know what? Let's stomp this out. And I'd be like, right foot, left foot right foot, double stomp, 
stomp, stomp, jump, right foot, right foot again. And I just kind of teach them how to move with intention to move those feelings through. Other strategies, so we've got name it, move it, show it, act it out. Show me, show me how big your fa- how big is this feeling? You seem very upset. Show me, show me with your face, show me with your body, show me on paper, show me with this toy, show me with this pillow. So that can be very helpful to externalize the thing that's really complicated inside and giving your kid a chance to put it on the outside. By the way, don't do all of these at one time. Okay, just pick one. And then if it doesn't work, be like, "Eh, okay, maybe they just need to talk for a minute or you can then try a different one. Number four, describe it. Describe the feeling. Show me in your body. What color is it? Is it heavy? Is it tight? Is it in your belly? Is it sinking? Is it a buzzy feeling? Is it a hot burning feeling? Is it orange? Is it black? Is it green? Is it brown? Is it murky? Is it muddy or is it clear? Describing feelings using adjectives is uh, incredible, incredibly powerful. And then you can kind of manipulate the feeling like, oh, can you change it into yellow? Can you change the feeling into green? Can you, can you put a, um, you know, can you, if it feels like a tightness, can you pop it like a balloon? So you can really teach your kids how to move through their big feelings. It's amazing. And then honestly, the last one is distract, distract it. So we're not, this isn't, we want to name and acknowledge the emotion and listen for a bit and like let our kids feel very felt and very validated. And then sometimes we all do this. We just get stuck and we need to go outside. We need to look around. We need to have a cookie. We need to have a hug. We need to, sometimes I give my kids chores or tasks because the brain loves to feel accomplished. And so you can listen for a bit and then say, you know what, let's talk about this later. Right now we're going to go hop in the car and, um, you know, or we're going to go get the mail or we're going to take the dog out to go potty or we're going to, you can just distract with, um, a small activity or task. Distraction is not bad once you have validated. Once you have taken a beat to say, ooh, yeah, I wonder if you're feeling really worried about this. You sound really angry. Are you feeling really angry? Uh, This looks like disappointment. Is that what it is? Do you feel disappointment? Ooh, you seem annoyed. Are you really annoyed right now? Yeah, you're annoyed. We're naming. So, so powerful. So instead of fix it, change it, stop it, solve it, I want you to practice naming. The main takeaway for all of this today is that you don't have to fix feelings. Like the feeling is good. It's good for your kid to feel disappointed or angry or annoyed or sad or scared or worried or whatever. It's fine. Nothing has gone wrong when your kid is upset. And It's actually good for them to be upset and then have you be okay with their feelings. If you as the parent can communicate that you feel absolutely 100% okay with their feelings, not their behavior, this is not a permissive model, but we're validating emotion first. 
And so when you communicate to your kids, hey, yeah, of course you're feeling that way. That makes sense. They feel like, ah, okay, I can show all my messiness. I can show all of my uh, emotion to my parent and they can handle it. And then it's good for them to learn that they can handle it, that they can, that their feelings aren't scary, that they can handle their feelings, that their feelings come and their feelings go and it's not a problem. So it's, it's a work in progress for you, mamas. You don't need to like be perfect at this because A, no one taught us how to deal with our feelings. So we're all just overwhelmed all the time trying to manage our own crap. Um, and so you get to manage your own crap first, like 100% take care of you. It's, it's not selfish or weird or whatever. You can't actually do, you can't co-regulate, which means you can't help your kids regulate their negative emotion if you are dysregulated. It's like the amygdala is talking to amygdalas. Like your amygdala, if it's activated and it's in stress response and it's like, help, help, ah, and then you try to calm your kid, your kid's going to be like, ah, they're going to stay <laughs> stuck too. And so it's okay for you to calm, take a minute, take a pause break and calm yourself and come back. And say to your kids, okay, I'm ready. And I know that's hard, like in the parking lot at the soccer practice when they don't want to put their shin guards on. You're like, how do I take a break there? The break is in your body. The break is in your mind. It's like, ooh, this is a lot. (laughs) Soothing yourself. I'm very overwhelmed right now, right? You're not necessarily saying that to your kids, you're kind of naming it to tame it for yourself first. I Right now, as I'm saying this, I put my hand on my chest. When you do that, when you put your hand on your heart, you will give yourself oxytocin, which is a soothing chemical, neural chemical. When you take care of yourself and you are kind to yourself and you give yourself compassion, you're giving yourself serotonin. So your adrenaline is pumped and then you're soothing yourself with all these yummy um, neurochemicals. So you're, you're calming yourself. And as you do it, the cool thing is your kid will calm too. When you're like, this is a lot and you're soothing yourself as you are regulating, it will regulate your kids and they'll start to calm. And then you'll be able to connect back to them and say, ah, are you feeling very overwhelmed? So you're going to be able to name that feeling when you've named yours. All right, mamas. I I know you're doing your best out there, raising your kids, being in parking lots with kids who don't want to, you know, do the things. And um, I just have so much love and compassion for you, especially as we transition to summer and, you know, end all of the like busyness of May and get kind of into that different groove and, Um, I'm glad for that for all of you. And I also know the summer can be really intense parenting. So keep listening to the podcast, check out emotionally healthy kids course in the show notes, or go to my website, calmamacoaching.com and, and sign up. You know what? This, this session is only going to be six weeks. And so it's going to be just like a, in the summer, six weeks, $500, you get the class and then you get to be in the calm mama club for six months afterwards. So you'll have a lot of support with me for, for six months and 
it's $500. And we'll meet Thursdays uh, starting June 29th at 9 a.m. Pacific. So I know, I know summer's hard, but if you prioritize it and you make it happen, you will love being in this class. So I hope you're there. And if you aren't able to join this time, that's fine. You can join us again in uh, October, I think is when I'm doing it again. So this week, your job is to stop trying to fix it, change it, stop it, solve it. You do not need to fix your kids' feelings. You only need to acknowledge them. All right. I hope you have a great week and I will talk to you next time. Bye.